0: God for that. Uh, Let's open our Bibles, please, to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. We know the story, but I want to read it to you so you uh, will follow me when I'm going to speak about it. I'll go as fast as I can so I can get you out here on time. And uh, this is Jesus as verse 17, and as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and began asking him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, he answered him. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. And looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But at these words, his face fell, and he went away grieved, for he was one who owned much property. Let's turn again to Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24. Verse 22. Acts chapter 24 and verse 22. There was a governor, governor in Judea who was a very wicked governor. His name was Felix. Paul was in uh, Detained in jail, and uh, he sent for Paul to come and talk to him. Let's take it from verse 22. Felix, having a more exact knowledge about the way, the new Christian way at that time, put them off saying, when Lysias, the commander, comes down, I will decide your case, which is the case of Paul. And he gave orders to the centurion for him to be kept in custody and yet have some freedom and not to prevent any of his friends from ministering to him. But some days later, Felix arrived with Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewess, and sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Jesus Christ. And as he was discussing, that is Paul, righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix became frightened and said, Go away for the present, and when I have time, I will send for you. May God bless his word. When I will have time, I'll send for you. Today we're going to study, as you noticed, about two men. One, a young ruler, and he was rich. He's called in other Gospels the young rich ruler. And we're talking about a governor. Who was also a well to do governor? His name was Felix. And I want to talk today about lost opportunities. Lost opportunities. Someone said, Opportunity never comes, it's here. So today, Consider this day as an opportunity for you, for all of us, to some, to have a closer walk with Jesus Christ. And to some, consider it an opportunity that Jesus is passing by us. And if you're not saved, don't make it a lost one. I read a quote that says, God's best gift to us is not things but opportunities. There are so many people in the word of God that met with Jesus Christ. Can you imagine meeting with the creator of the whole universe and conversing with him? I can't wait till I get there and have some conversation with him. And those people who met him, some of them, seized the opportunity. And when they left his presence, left his presence rejoicing. And some did not. It was considered to be a lost opportunity for them. I read the story. And I want to, I hope you will follow with me here. This person is writing the following. He said, The other day I ran across the story of a man who had a great opportunity that he missed. His friend took him for a ride one day way out in the country. They drove, drove off the main road and drove through groves of trees to a large uninhabited area of land. A few horses were grazing and a couple of old shacks Remained. The friend Walter, it's not you Walter, but you're listening I hope, <laughs> stopped the car, got out, and started to describe with great vividness the wonderful things he was going to build. He wanted his friend Arthur to buy some of the land surrounding his project to get in on the ground floor. But Arthur thought to himself, Who in the world is going to drive 25 miles for this crazy project? The logistics of the venture are staggering. And so Walter explained to his friend Arthur, I can handle the main project myself, but it will take all my money. But the land bordering it, where we're standing now, will in just a couple of years be jammed with hotels Restaurants, convention halls, to accommodate all the people that are going to come and spend their entire vacations in here. He continued, I want you to have the first chance at this surrounding acreage because in the next five years, it will increase in value several hundred times. What could I say? I knew he was wrong. Arthur tells the story today. And he's still alive. I knew that he had let this dream get the best of his common sense. And he's going crazy about it. And he mumbled something. He said, well, I, I would listen to you. But, you know, the money is tight nowadays. And my situation does not allow me to look into this matter. But I will look later into it. Later on, will be too late, was the answer. They went back to the car. And the last time Walter said to Art, you'd better move on, because tomorrow is too late. And so Art, Linkletter, turned out the opportunity to buy up all the land that surrounded what was to become Disneyland. Disneyland. His friend Walt Disney tried to talk him into it, but Art thought he was crazy and he will consider it later. Opportunities not. And as you saw from this true story, when we want to spend our vacation, now we go to Disneyland, don't we? Art's still alive, and he says, I missed a great opportunity. Not that he is a poor man, but he missed being a more richer and a better man than he thought he is now. One thing you lack was Jesus' answer to this young man who came to him. This is a remarkable case. If you want to take it and study this case, I hope in your Bible studies that this is a case history. If I were still working and I have a corporation, I would put this as a case history and have my people study it. Every detail of the encounter is important. The particulars are a man, a Synagogue ruler, young, rich, righteous, dissatisfied, concerned, eager, courageous, who is in pursuit of the greatest of all blessings, eternal life. Such as he, a man, are too rare nowadays. And no wonder that Jesus, when he looked at him, he loved him. Ran up to Jesus, knelt, and you know the question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? His life was doing. He inherited wealth, but not life. He possessed what We call temporary things. Because when the Lord calls, and when the time comes up, as people say, when my number comes up, you're going to leave everything here. You can't take anything with you, can you? Those people who are so imprisoned and busy, Keeping beautiful cars. Nothing wrong with a car. Without it, we cannot get from point A to point B. Is a car. But those who are living for such a thing, they're going to leave the car here. Because they will ride another car. To their final abode. Not theirs. If you have land, it's good. The Lord blessed you. And the Lord blesses with that. But we're going to leave it. Property, we're going to leave it. We're going to leave the most important things in our lives. Wives and children, we're going to leave them. If we go before them. And so our wives, whatever is so dear to your life, so dear to your heart. One day, when your number comes up, as we say, you're going to leave everything. You are going to leave everything. He had everything, but everything was temporary for him. Think of that young man. Think of that young woman. Everything that we own is this life is temporary. Nothing lasts except eternal life. Because it is eternal. Even our life that we have is not eternal. This is only a body that will live to be 70 or 80 years. They say nowadays the average lifespan of a human being is now 78 years. If we take it 50 years ago, it could have been 60. I don't have that, uh, that stats for this. But nowadays, it's 78 years. And let me tell you well, one thing. Those 78 years, you're only transiting in this life. Whatever you do is now for now and nothing for eternity. And the question for you today, what are you doing for eternity? This man has been seeking for satisfaction by keeping the law. Verse 20 says, I kept them all from my youth. He thought keeping the law would get him there. And you know, he kept the law. And if he had satisfaction... Why did he come to Jesus asking him, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? That shows me and tells me he had no satisfaction in everything he had. In all the law. In everything he did. He had no satisfaction and came to Jesus. He, He said, in other words, Lord Jesus, I am not satisfied with my life. I have riches. I have all. I go to the synagogue. I follow all the rules and I cannot get satisfaction in my life. And the Lord Jesus looked at him and said to him, as if you missed the prize, son. Let's see. Let's walk through what you have done. He walked him through the commandments. Didn't he? Didn't we read that? And the young man replied, I knew them from my youth. And there's no reason for thinking that he did not know them. And after a short dialogue with the Savior, the Savior looked at him, and looked at him, and looked at him, and as if the young man said, now you're looking at me. Can you tell me something to relieve my anxiety here, and give me some satisfaction? The Lord looked at him and says, one thing you lack. You might be that man today. You might have all satisfaction in life. Your 401k is in its place. In its place. Your life is so well tailored. You said, I have done it at a young age or at a middle age or what have you. And I have secured my life. One day I was talking to my boss. And his wife was trying to say something. And he addressed her this way. I never forgot that. He said, I have done everything to secure your old age. She's now in, his, in her old age. And you know what? She cannot walk. Where's the security? And she's not a safe person. I know her personally. He said, I have all the money secured for you. For She cannot walk. She cannot move. She needs someone to take her from point A to point B. She looks for someone. She even called And said, Adol, do you know for someone, I can give him $20 to take me down to Pleasanton and bring me back. She cannot do anything. All the money in the world cannot give her the satisfaction that she is missing in her life. Sylvia gave her the word of God. And she talked to her. But she missed the opportunity. And she said, no, thank you. I go to the church of St. Isidore and I belong there. Saints cannot save you. Churches cannot save you. Doing alms cannot save you. Filling your bags during Christmas time and giving them to the poor cannot save you. Only thing can save you is the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't go anywhere else. Yes, one thing. What was the thing which this man lacked? It't tell us. The answer, the willingness, here it is, to sacrifice everything to have Jesus Christ. I repeat that. The willingness to sacrifice everything to have Jesus Christ. Let me explain something here. A a truth. This is a truth in the Bible. And remember that Jesus does not teach that to gain eternal life, one must be poor in this world's goods. This is not taught in the Bible. Nor that you have to lose everything to gain peace and acceptance. But he does teach that the divided heart loses the price. He teaches if your money is your God, get rid of it. If your car is God, get rid of it. If what you own is your God, and is your idol, get rid of it. The man wanted something better than he had. But he was not prepared to make the sacrifice to get it. On the other hand, I know about a rich man in the Bible. He was a prime minister of the country, prime minister of Ethiopia. He was seeking like this man. He went to Jerusalem all the way from Ethiopia, traveled to Jerusalem, spent a couple of weeks there, seeking and no one, from synagogue to synagogue, from rabbi to rabbi, from a priest to a priest, from any anywhere, he was seeking to have the answer to his heart's desire. He found nothing in Jerusalem, the capital of the Christian and the Jewish world at that time. He couldn't find anything. No one could satisfy that thirst that he had in his life. And he was going back, traveling back, trying to read. The only best thing probably, they sold him the books of Moses. Maybe he paid a lot of money. And he was reading on his way back. And suddenly the Lord knew that he was thirsty, that he needed to know him. He sent someone to preach the gospel to him. You know what happened there? Did God tell him that you have to go get rid of all your money? He was the prime minister, the minister of finance. He had access to every riches in Ethiopia. No, because he knew his heart was not on the money. His heart was seeking a savior. And he found him in a parched land, in a desert place. Because the gospel was preached to him there. And he took Jesus as his own savior. And what does the Bible say? He went on his way rejoicing. And when this young man faced Jesus Christ and what Jesus told him. You cannot. Your money cannot take you to heaven. Knowing all these things cannot take you to heaven. What did the Bible say He went saddened. He said, no, thank you. No, thank you. I can't imagine someone coming to meet Jesus Christ and hear the wonderful words from his mouth and Lord telling him, this is the secret of happiness. This is the secret of life. I am offering you something that you've never dreamed of. Life and life eternal. You want life eternal? It's me. It's in me. Law keeping does not help you out. You know what you need to do. You need to surrender your life. In other words, give me the master key. And the Bible says, he left his presence saddened. He wanted God. But not at the cost of his gold. He wanted life. But not at the expense of all the luxuries he's having. He was willing to serve. But not to sacrifice. The one thing that he lacked. Was the thing that mattered. First and last. For time and eternity. And why not sum it all up in one word he lacked Jesus Christ. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? The soul is worth more than the entire world. Jesus not only said so, he proved it He refused the world to gain and save one soul. And you say, take this very seriously. I'm willing to follow Christ. I'm willing to do as He wants, but on my own terms. I'm willing to serve, but not to sacrifice. I'm willing to support, but unwilling be responsible. I'm willing to become a member of your church. So many people can. Okay. If my schedule permits me. I'm willing to to be a member without commitment. I have no time. No involvement, please. No bother. And no cross. Dear friend, I have a question to ask you this morning. On what terms are you willing to accept Christ. If you're not willing to accept him on his terms, on what terms do you want to accept him? I don't think there are any other terms that you can accept Jesus Christ. The only term is to admit that you are a sinner. You need Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's all. He went away sorrowing and lost the opportunity of a lifetime. I sure hope that this opportunity that the Lord is presenting to you this morning, or this afternoon rather, will not be a lost one, and we will, will, will be a way of rejoicing. Like this prime minister, he went on his way. What? rejoicing. What a contrast. Both rich, both well-to-do men, both seeking. One was not willing, one was willing. You know, it boils down to your will. A choice you have to make today. Art Linkletter lost a great opportunity. And he's telling the story today. I put it off. Another day, Walter. Another day. Talk to me another day. I have to gather the money. He said, Another day will be too late. And he went alone. Well, comes Disneyland. You know what? It's Disney World and Disney everywhere else. Don't lose. Lost opportunity. Phoenix the governor. He was the governor of Judea. And he sent for Paul. And Paul started talking to him. He says, Felix, I'm thankful that you sent for me. You wanted to hear me. said, yeah. And he came with his wife. He, it was his third marriage. He's living in sin. He was a wicked, wicked governor. And Paul's discourse was on righteousness. Wow. On self-control. He had no self-control whatsoever. On the judgment to come. I wonder if we were put before the governor. Here in California. That we will talk about righteousness. Self-control. And the judgment to come. May God give us this courage. Paul was a courageous man. Felix became frightened because he was living in sin and said to Paul, Go away for the present, and when I find time, I will summon you. Another translation puts it, I will send for you at a more convenient time. Would you say it was a lost opportunity for Felix? History says that two years later, he was sent to Rome, and later on, after two years, he died without God and without a life to think of. When I have time, at a more convenient time, I will send for you. Postpone the interview. I don't want to hear you anymore. Take him away. He convicted me. He spoke about my life. And you come to church. And sometimes you hear the preacher speaking about sin. And you are convicted. Say I am not coming here again. I heard a woman say. She stopped coming. To the Thursday morning Bible class. says I come here. I want to come and hear beautiful stories. All I hear is convictions about my sins. Amen to that. Amen. If the word of God does not speak to our hearts, who is going to speak to our hearts, folks? If we're not going to be convicted before the presence of God, who is going to convict us? And if we're not going to seize the opportunity, consider it a lost opportunity and you might not have another one again. And such opportunity when Felix said, I'll send for you another time. Did Paul see Felix again. Such opportunity never came. And Felix became a type of many. Whose consciences are stirred. When they are preached. Who are convicted. And they cannot wait to get out the door. And never come back. You know what? You're not rejecting the preacher. You're not turning your back against that little church in this valley. You're turning your back against the Lord Jesus Christ. Simple, very simple. And I say it with a kind and loving heart toward you. Think of that. Don't let this opportunity again slip out of your hands. I heard it before. But don't procrastinate. Some more convenient time. Egel, I hear you. Beautiful words. But you know what? I'll come again. You've heard it before. Do you have a security? Do you have an insurance policy that tells you that next month you'll come here? Do you have an insurance policy that tells you you are going to live next month to be here? You know what? I know my Bible. And I think I try to walk with Jesus Christ. But one thing I know. That I have no insurance policy. That I am going to be here tomorrow night with you. I don't. It's in the hands of God. And this is the opportunity that God is giving you. Young woman, young man, anyone who, if you don't know Christ yet, don't make it a lost opportunity. But seize the opportunity and take Jesus as your Savior. Do you know what is the most sworn enemy of the soul today? tomorrow. I gave you a quiz. You, you did not help me. <laughs> tomorrow. Satan cares not how spiritual your intentions are or how holy your resolutions if only they are fixed for tomorrow. Satan will make a deal with you as long as you say tomorrow. I would hear you. Tomorrow, Paul, more convenient. Tomorrow, someone said, slays it's ten thousands. The vows, the promises, the resolutions are never fulfilled. Some other time, may say, many say, some other time, more convenient than they fail to realize that now is the acceptable time, the Bible says, how sad and dangerous that the convenient time never came for Felix and the rich young man left and we never heard about him and I'm afraid we're not going to see him in heaven. One young man told me, after explaining to him the way of salvation for almost three hours, he says, you know, Adel, today I'm not buying a car from you. In other words, he considered me a salesman selling him the word of God. It was in this office three years ago. I see him on the streets of Danville, walking like a lost man the man, and have nothing. I look at him, he looks so miserable. I'm not buying a car from you today. A lady who attends the women's Bible class told my wife, after hearing the gospel, and she refused at that moment to pray and take Jesus at her as her Savior. What a lost opportunity. She said, you know, Sylvia, let me think about it. Jesus, you're the creator of the whole world. And I am in front of you. You lack one thing, son. You lack me. No, thank you. Don't leave saddened from the presence of God. If he's talking to your heart today. Don't say some other time. Friends, the pathway to destruction is always paved with good resolutions, right? And good intentions. But one day, we're going to cross the great divide. And when they cross it, you'll hear the mocking voice crying out, too late, too late. Today is your opportunity. To be reconciled with God. Don't be like these two men. Fools. If you hear his voice, the Bible says, when? Tomorrow? Today? If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Tomorrow may be too late. You may delay. Time will not. You may delay, but you might run out of time. I say I'm going to win this, this battle, but give me time to think about it. Art, drink letter, you lost the opportunity, young man, you lost the opportunity. But everyone who comes to Jesus willing to obey willing to listen willing to do god's will if this is your will for my life god's will is going to, i'm going to give you a policy that will give you eternal life you have to start here though you cannot wait till that on your deathbed do we know do you know a simple accident took 15 lives yesterday. Something might happen and may take five, six lives on the freeway, or take my life or yours or anyone's. There is no insurance policy for that. Yeah, they'll tell you, your, your wife will cash the money. Yeah, your wife. But you're gone. And where did you go? There is eternity. For unsaved, which is, I hate to say, hell and damnation. And there's eternity for the saved one, which is life with Jesus Christ forever. One thing you lack. Leave everything and follow me. We will say tomorrow, you may delay, but time Will not. Let's bow our heads for prayers. If the Lord is speaking to your heart this. Afternoon. Tell him Lord. I have. Put off my salvation for quite some time. And I have played games. And I have procrastinated. I come to you. I want to take this opportunity. I don't want it to be a lost one for me. Please, accept me. Save my life. If there is someone in the congregation here who prayed this prayer as I was talking to you here, or who wants me to pray for him or for her, just give me your hand, lift it up like this. Say, Adel, I want to get saved. I want to take this opportunity. And give my life to Jesus Christ. Anyone here amongst us? If there is someone. I'll pray for you. Amen. Amen. If there is someone. Lift up your hand. Don't be ashamed. Don't let the devil tell you tomorrow. Tomorrow may be too late. Is there someone? Last call. Do you want me to pray for you? Show me your hand. Anyone? Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for reminding us that our life is only but a vapor. And any decision we make today might affect our life now and throughout eternity. Help us not to miss these opportunities that you bring our way. And help us not to consider this one as a lost one and go saddened before your face. But to consider this one a wonderful experience. And we would leave this place rejoicing. Bless each and everyone. Help us to live for you. Help us to serve you. Help us to be aware that our life is nothing. It's vapor. And what we do for you, lasts throughout eternity. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen.